Hello, everyone. You're listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, it was a busy day in Flyers land on Thursday. Rasmus Ristolainen inks a five-year extension with the club. The team then played at night, lost to the Panthers 6-3, and we are getting closer and closer to that date everyone has circled, the March 21st trade deadline. But let's get into the Rasmus Ristolainen deal. Five years, $25.5 million. He is staying in Philadelphia. There were some talks about his name being in trade discussions, given he's on an expiring contract and was certainly going to get a nice deal from some team. What did you think about the deal? Do you agree with him staying in Philadelphia and being a part of this thing moving forward? Well, my initial reaction was the deal was a little high. Um, I kind of figured it was coming because, you know, you paid a pretty price to get him. So I didn't think they were just going to let him go. And um, it's hard to get your – when you traded a one to get him, It's I feel like it's hard to get equal value back if you're trading him at the deadline. And he's on an expiring deal. It's kind of like the cards are on the table already at that point. So um, – I felt like the money was a little high. Um, you know, how's it going to affect the rest of what they do? Now, obviously, the rest of what they do is such a big picture. Um, there's a lot of question marks with this team right now. Um, I'm going to defer to hockey people, though. And and Keith Jones uh, couldn't say enough good things about this contract on our pregame show on, uh, on Thursday. So I, I'm going to... I'm going to say that it's a positive signing um, because if the assumption is you have Provorov and, and, and Ellis as your top pair and you're trying to solidify that second pair, I think the Flyers have done that. Um, I did see some things out there about Sanheim being a possible trade chip now that they've locked up Ristolainen. Not really sure why that discussion is coming to light as a result of this signing, because I would think that they would want the Risto Sanheim pairing to be their second pairing. Um, and you know, that's why they wanted it last off season. They haven't gotten to see all that come to fruition this season. So why not look ahead and have your first two pairs solidified going into next season? Um, so I like that. Um, I will just say the initial reaction was the money was a little much given cap situation and kind of the era of the NHL we're in with the salary cap um, and and kind of what seems like the a lot of work this team has to do going forward. So um, that was the only thing that gave me pause. But again, like I said, I'll I'll defer to the hockey guys and, and Keith Jones thought this was a great signing. And um, so I'm going to go with that. That's what I'll say. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I like it, Joe. Yeah, hockey folks really do love... Rasmus Ristolainen, they believe he does things that um, a lot of teams don't have, what a lot of players don't do. And that's really 
embrace confrontation, embrace in-your-face type of defense. Uh, teams need those guys. I, I, I really do think there's a place in the game for that. Uh, you see sometimes in the playoffs where a bigger, heavier team really beats up a more finesse-style team. Uh, there, there is something to be said for that type of defense. Uh, and, yeah, hockey folks really do. I, every hockey person I, I talk to about Rissan Line, they like the way he plays. They like what he does. Obviously, the Flyers management really does. And I think other teams do, too. Chuck Fletcher mentioned when they traded to get Ristolainen, he mentioned that other teams offered similar packages and that they just happened to have the highest pick in the draft in that first round. So the Flyers got him. So apparently there were other teams out there offering that first round pick in the 2021 draft on top of maybe a player and a future pick. Uh, so it seemed like other teams felt the same way as the Flyers. Yeah, the, the interesting thing to me, too, that I thought of is there's kind of been this sentiment that they're upping their analytics in within the organization. And I know the analytics community is not a fan of Ristolainen's work um, yes. by the numbers. So that was another interesting sort of, um, I don't know if I want to say contradiction, because I don't know exactly what the Flyers analytics people said about Ristolainen, but I just know as a whole – his tenure with Buffalo, and again, I'll say bu it's Buffalo. So you know th that's a lot of um, you know a lot of bad seasons in a row to start his career. So that could be part of what they're seeing. But I did just find that interesting that the Flyers have seemed to go more in on the analytics, and then they sign a five-year extension to a guy who the analytics just aren't friendly. That's, that's just all there is to it. So I did find that interesting. And of course um, it was a little rough to see the extension sign. And then he takes two penalties that result in goals in the first period. Yeah. So, but you know, what are you going to do? The I mean, this Florida, that Florida team is they're on another level, the speed, the passing, everything they do. Um, they make it hard to play against and they make it, very easy to take penalties because they play with so much speed and, and, and precision that what, like you make one false move, you have to either take a penalty or give up a goal. And, um, you know, but it was just a rough look, the extension two penalties that result in goals in the first period of the game, just hours after it, you know? Yeah. I, I honestly couldn't help but laugh as I was covering and watching the game when that yeah. happened, because we don't have to sugarcoat it. Rasmus Ristolainen is a polarizing player. Some people within the fan base don't like him. Some people within the fan base love him. And I see these two penalties that result in goals against. And I couldn't help but laugh because I had a feeling people were going to be judging the extension off of one first period. <laughs> um, but it was just funny uh, how that kind of unfolded. Yeah, not a great start uh, after signing the deal, but... I like the deal, Joe. I didn't think the money was all that bad. He even took a pay cut and took one less year from his previous deal. His previous deal was six years with a $5.4 average annual value. This one, five years, 5.1. These guys get paid. Second pair of defensemen get paid. Travis Sandheim is making $4.675 And Sandheim hasn't really blossomed yet fully. I, I don't think he had any breakout year. Um... He's a really solid guy that I think still is reaching his potential. The coaching staff has talked about there's another another level he can get to. He's 25. 
Uh, Ristolainen's 27. These guys do get paid. You can't pay like a second pair guy two million. Like that's just not really how it works. Ristolainen, while his numbers and his goal prevention numbers aren't pretty, a lot of that may be skewed from his days in Buffalo. He has had a long career. He has played a lot of games. He has played a lot of minutes, and he does things that not a lot of players do. And uh, that is something that his his side was probably able to boast about. And then the Flyers even met him at a decent. I think a decent price in the term of that he took a pay cut from his previous deal. Uh, so I was okay with it. And I like Rasmus Verlant. I think he's a good player. And I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that said, well, Chuck Fletcher didn't want to part ways with this guy when he spent real big. He admitted he paid a big price to get Ristin Lyon. And if you had him for one year and then you part a ways with them, even if you got him, uh, even if you traded him and got a decent return, some people probably still would have brought that up, that it was a failed trade and that they paid a big price. I don't think that really was probably on his mind a whole lot. I just think they still like the guy. He, he's he been here not even a full season yet. And I really don't think he's the like a, this big culprit for why the season's going to arrive for the Flyers. Like, he's been okay. Like, he's been a fine player. I don't think he's been bad. I don't think he's been great. But – He's got a minus 10 rating for a team that has like a minus 55 goal differential. Like, I just don't think he's been a bad player. If anything, I think I've seen more glimpses of promise than I have uh, bad plays or where I'm like, wow, this could really be a colossal mistake. So I think the Flyers still like him and they believe he can be a part of something when they get right, if that's next year or the following year. But I do think they need to be deeper on defense, Joe, because I think Ristolainen at best is a number three or number four, and I'd be okay with that. But uh, if they're not deeper on defense and they don't have a better environment around Ristolainen where he can play more of a role and not like this massive role, uh, I do think it it could be a mistake. So I, I, I just think they need to get the environment around Ristolainen that they hope they would have. And that's a really good top pair where Ristolainen is more second pair guy, lesser minutes, kill penalties, maybe get some offense here and there from them. And I think it'd be okay. Uh would you agree that, you know, obviously I think the Ryan Ellis injury has had a trickle-down effect on the entire defense for the Flyers? Yeah, well, I'll just go back to the point you made about Sandheim. We did a ton of talking in the offseason last year about how this was – this had to be the year where Sandheim stopped being a young player. I think he's shown glimpses of that, but he also hasn't been provided with the consistency from a team perspective to really – embrace a role because the role's constantly changing with all the injuries. And I think the the wrist align and extension will allow a consistency. Yeah. Um and you know I think that'll be good for him for sure. And um you know I, I don't think anything Ristolainen has done this season as you said is um symptomatic of what this team you know like what they're ultimately what their fate has been this season. Yeah. He, he's he been there. Um, there's been some good. There's been some bad. But there hasn't been anything glaring. Like, you know, I'm just going to say, like like Provorov, there's been glaring struggles with him. Yeah. There's no way around it. I don't see any of that with Ristolainen. Yeah. Um, now, Provorov's being asked to play a way larger role. And I will say, in my opinion, he's playing way too many minutes. Um, so... But yeah, I I don't think I don't think Ristolainen is to blame for anything about the way this 
season has gone. And yeah, you're right. I mean, these guys get paid. There's uh, top four defensemen are not a thing that just, you know, they don't just show up on your team. Right. You have to build them. They have to build chemistry with the defense partner. Um, and I've always mentioned, you know, and I know we're talking about a second pair, but when you look back in the Flyers history at the teams that were successful, they always had distinct pairs on defense. And I think this team needs to build that in order to have the rest of the things fall into place. They need to have, you know, they need to have consistent pairs on defense. And I think this signing is a way to establish that second pair, assuming that he and Sandheim are the guys for the second pair. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and I, I don't think, uh, I, I saw the report about Sandheim, maybe this making Sandheim more expendable for the Flyers. I believe it was Darren Drager who initially broke the story. Yeah. Um, obviously have immense respect for Darren Drager, uh, one of the best. But I, I really don't think, he was more kind of, I think, um, speculating, more kind of wondering, does this make him more expendable? I don't think it does because I, I think the Flyers need to be deeper on defense. I don't think they're, if, if they suddenly move Travis Sanheim, unless they do it in a hockey trade where he they get something big in return, uh, I don't know if they want to move him because I think they're already struggling with depth on defense and they do want to build a solid second pair like you mentioned, Joe. And, right, and if you're going to trade yeah. Justin Braun, I mean, right. that's already a guy that has to be replaced next year. So, what? Yeah. I mean, to trade – I feel like you're, you know – one step up, one step back, if not two steps back, if you're trading Braun and Sanheim. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if anything, Sanheim might be having his best season of, the, of his career. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure if you want to, you know, obviously you could sell that really high on the trade market, but at the same time, I think you want to maybe see see that through and see what he can bring uh, in, in your defensive group next season. But we digress. Uh, Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So Ristolainen is in-house, Joe. But the Flyers, as we saw, suffered a tough 6-3 loss. Kind of a crazy game, and we hope Scott Lawton is okay. Scott Lawton suffered a head injury during the second period. He took a hit and then kind of an awkward spill into the boards. He was down. He was slow to get up. He was diagnosed with a head injury. Uh, we don't know anything more than that, but uh, certainly assuming he probably won't be playing on Saturday, maybe not on Sunday. Uh, you, obviously, head injuries you have to be incredibly cautious with. Uh, just a heart and soul guy, very important player, so it was tough to see Lawton go down. They were down 4 nothing at the time, Joe, and the injury kind of spurred the Flyers. They scored three goals in the second period, made it 4-3, Ended up losing 6-3. Uh, they couldn't get the job done in the third period against a Florida team that has 40 wins and uh, looks like it could win the Stanley Cup. But what did you think overall on the game? And how big of a loss would Lawton be if he has to miss extended time? Well, you know, Lawton, the loss of Lawton would be huge because he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play anywhere up and down the lineup. And 
you know, he's the consummate teammate. He's always there for other guys. And you could see that last night, the reaction to what happened to him and the way other players reacted just tells you all you need to know about what kind of teammate Lawton is. We saw Konechny jump into the fray, Zach McEwen a little bit, JVR even, who's not, you know, by any means a fighter. And that was not a pretty fight, no. but he was, he was, you know, there standing up for his teammate. And, you know, th- those things are good to see. Um, as far as the game goes, I, you know, when that Florida team blitzes you like that, they just keep coming. They, they have lines and lines and endless it seems like endless amounts of forwards that can score. And of course, Sam Reinhart just destroys the flyers. Every time we showed a graphic last night, the last two seasons, 10 goals in 11 games. I mean, he just, I don't know what it is. Um, I was never a player, so I don't know what it's like as a player when you have the number of a team and you go into a game, just knowing you're going to play your best against a certain opponent, Sam Reinhart with Buffalo last season, Florida this season, this guy is always seemingly multiple points, multiple goals in every t- game he plays against the Flyers. And it, it's really unbelievable to watch. And, um, of course, Carter Verhage last night, multiple goals. And you had um, uh, Aaron Ekblad had multiple assists. Barkov, I think, had three or four assists. I mean, you just had waves and waves of players just – it. Scott Hartnell likes to use the term when he was playing, it was point night. It was point night for a lot of guys on the on the Panthers last night. And, um, yeah. you know, it's not like you can look at that game and go, man, the Flyers were awful. They made some careless turnovers, but this Florida team is doing this to everyone. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are them and Carolina. This two-game stretch, they're playing the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, and Florida looked every bit of the two best teams in the first and third period last night. And as you said, the Lawton injury just it, it rejuvenated the Flyers. They got back to within one goal and then just weren't able to sustain that. Um, that Anthony Duclair goal that goes off Patrick Brown's stick into his own net kind of deflated all of what was going on for the previous, you know, 25 minutes or so of game time with the Flyers last night. Yeah, Joe, as you mentioned, this Florida team is putting up five, six, seven spots on everybody. The Flyers yeah, we really ran good. we ran a stat, or we mentioned it several times last night. They're averaging four point. I think going into last night, it was four point one two goals per game. The last team to finish a season averaging over four goals a game was the ninety five ninety six Penguins, who featured guys named Lemieux, Yager, um, uh, Peter Nedved. You had, I mean, they, just endless amounts of offense on that team. Sergey Zubov, another defenseman who put up tons of points during his career recently inducted into the hall of fame. So, I mean, just um, staggering offensive numbers. And we saw why last night. Indeed. And they're really good at home as well. And the Flyers only gave up five goals. The empty netter was the sixth. Uh, The fact that they were even in the game and came back, I thought was pretty impressive. I I didn't go into this game thinking the Flyers were going to win. Uh, It would have been a third straight win, which would have matched their season best. So that would have been a nice little feather in their cap. And, of course, when you beat a contending team like that, it's it's good for the process. And you can look back and say, hey, there, there are good things where we beat a good team. But certainly didn't think they were going to win that game, and they didn't. And when you lose Scott Lawton, the guy of his caliber, a guy of his leadership, uh, it becomes even much more of an uphill battle. And I did like the response from the team. 
I wanted to see that because Scott Lawton is a guy that defends everyone. Like a, being a flyer really means so much to that guy. And he's really the one guy after bad loss, after bad loss, after bad loss, he has been out there and he faces the music and he owns up to it and he's accountable and he chose, and you can see it's wearing on him. Uh, and I respect that. I absolutely respect that from him. I can tell how much this means to him, how much this season has bothered him. So when a guy like that goes down, I wanted to see the team stand up for him, and they did. Travis Konechny fights, JVR, as you mentioned, fights. McEwen tried to do it. And then they responded in a good way by coming back and making it a game. Uh, sometimes it's even better to respond on the score sheet than it is just with the physical altercation. So I was really glad to see that from the Flyers because uh, I think Scott Lawton warrants that, deserves that. That was definitely good to see. The thing you'd like to see, though, is that it not take an injury or a huge hit yes. to to have to galvanize the team yeah. uh, into that type of energy. Something else to generate the energy as opposed to, a, a, a you know, a beloved teammate going down. Um, you know, the, before the Lawton hit, there was a lot of other I mean, the, the Florida was taking some liberties in that game early last night. Um Cross check like '90s old school cross checks in the back and the back of the head in front of the net, like things that John Leclerc used to deal with that are really have really kind of worked their way out of the game as a regular part. Seem to be going on early in that game last night. Uh, you know, like I said, I just like to see the energy happen in a different way, other than you know, with Lawton being almost carried off the ice. Yeah. Could not agree more. Yeah, you need something like it really should not take an injury, a scary injury, nonetheless, to one of your best players to be like, oh, let's let's get it in the gear, guys. Let's play hard. Yeah, it was uh, you know, Panthers are not for nothing after the first period is not pretty. Um, you would have you would have liked to see the Flyers maybe keep it to two nothing and give yourself a much better chance than having to dig out of a four-nothing hole. But uh so the Flyers have a big weekend coming up, Joe. Uh Hurricanes on national television on Saturday, then Canadians at home on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You'll have pre and post game live. Would you like to see them get one of two here, Joe? I think we talked about the road trip here, this two-game road trip with Carolina and Florida, and we said that one win would be fantastic. So maybe they go into Carolina and steal one. I'm not sure they – Carolina just shut out the Avalanche, which is pretty impressive. Uh, that team's scoring a blistering amount of goals as well. But what, what are you looking here uh, for over this these, this back-to-back set? So I'm certainly not anticipating they're going to go into Carolina and win. Right. They have played Carolina pretty well at times this year. So I, I'd like to see that again, and we'll see what happens. Um, I know Montreal's been playing better. To me, you need to win that game at home. You have to win the game at home. Um, against a team that has been a mess for the most part of this season. Um, I know they're coming in hot. They have Cole Caulfield is playing really well um, since he's been recalled. And they 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 seem to be clicking a little bit. Um, uh, Martin St. Louis taking over behind the bench has seemed to rejuvenate um, that team that, of course, made the Stanley Cup final, which I'm sure in Montreal seems like it was five years ago the way they played this year. But um, to me, the Flyers, they need to win that game at home. And again, if they're able to do that, whatever happens in Carolina tomorrow is what you don't want to see is them to go in there and get ripped in Carolina tomorrow. That's what you don't want to see. 
So um, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, compete in that game, possibly get a win, and then beat Montreal at home. Yeah, I think that's a perfect one right there. Uh, national television do not want to get embarrassed. Uh, the Flyers hang tough, and they put a scare into Carolina. Uh, that's a victory in my books if you're the Flyers. Uh, I don't think Mike Yo or the team is going to look at it like that. But overall, big picture-wise, play tough, play a hard game. Uh, you shouldn't have to hang your heads if you lose to Carolina the way that team has been playing. And then, Joe, I would love to see them maybe blow out Montreal. We haven't seen the Flyers blow out any teams this year, really, since like that 6-2-2 two, and two start. Maybe- no, we've had a couple games yeah. recently where it looked like they might. And then, you know, you you they don't get a third goal. Yeah. And then it ends up getting – you know, coming back to be a tie game or, you know, it games that look blowout ish, even uh, recently they had a three, nothing lead on someone. Right. I'm trying to remember two, nothing on Vegas. And two then no- yeah. I can't recall if they ever had a three, nothing. Lead. Maybe not. But like I said, it's not getting that third goal. And then you're dealing with two, nothing. And then when you're at two, nothing, the next goal kind of swings the, really swings the momentum of the game. It's either you're up big or you're giving the momentum back to the other team. And now they're within one. And, you know, we've seen it go the latter for the flyers recently. So it would be nice to see them just get up on a team and just put it away, um, which has not happened. Yeah, exactly. Maybe take out some frustration and give your fans um, a nice blowout, blowout, loss, blowout win. Excuse me. <laughs> where they had can... some of the other ones. They yeah, don't need exactly. any more of the other ones. Exactly. Um, so yeah, a blowout win and give your fans a little something to you know cheer about. And as we know too, Claude Drew might not have some you know too many home games left with the trade deadline looming. Maybe give Claude Drew one last final, you know, fun blowout win. So that would be nice to see. Take advantage of a team that's actually in worse shape than the Flyers. Uh, so we'll see if the Flyers can can do that. But plenty to follow, plenty to cover, and we'll have it all here on Flyers Talk. Check out pre- and post-game live on Sunday as the Flyers play the Canadians, produced by our very own Joe Flores. Joe, thank you so much. As always, great seeing you and great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru as well. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by great railing wherever you get your podcasts please rate and listen and we cannot wait to talk to you next time